Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Um, we are doing a mini-series within the major series of uh, the epistles of John, and this mini-series is called World Overcomers. I'm basing it on uh, 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. And uh, we've been looking at verse 4 for the last couple of weeks, and today I will move on to verse 5. Let me begin by reading in verse 4. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, beginning there, it says, again, not yet, but the Apostle John says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So I want you to notice the first thing, if you're born of God, you have the potential, and as far as he's concerned, you already overcome the thing. I really like that about him. And so he says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. He says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So he identifies something about what allows us to overcome the world, and that is our faith. So the first thing is, we need to be born again. Amen? Because this won't work otherwise. And we're going to look at that in a little bit more detail today because of the, what verse 5 says. But then he goes on to say, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. I want you to notice that faith is victory. If you're not having victory in your life, it ain't faith. <laughs> okay? You know, I, <laughs> I have been sharing uh, about faith the last couple of weeks, and, and uh, I got into some, some uh, pretty detailed descriptions of faith, looking at Hebrews chapter 1. And uh, I, I want to just review that just a little bit before we move on, because I had a few more revelations. <laughs> okay? You know, that happens. Uh, and uh, you know the Word of God is inexhaustible, right? You know the thing, as much as you think you know, there's more. Amen. And I'm always up for more, <laughs> okay? I don't ever look at something and go, well, I've done that, Lord. Can we move on? I used to. I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, now I go, what else is there? What did I miss? Do we have to move on? And he says, yes, the congregation will die of old age otherwise before you ever get to the end. So I have to move on, <laughs> okay? So, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> so what I want to do today is um, I want to just quickly look at that, and then we'll go to verse 5. But uh, let, let me just get through my pages. You know, I, I print only what I need for the week because otherwise I go have to reprint everything again every time I get a new revelation. All right. Uh, remember again that we looked at Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 1, chapter 11 and verse 1. Remember again that we said, remember, because he said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And we went and looked at faith last week in Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I want to pick up there because that's kind of where we left off a little bit, uh, where the, um, the writer of Hebrews said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, one of the things that I didn't bring out, and I was looking for a word, you know how sometimes you just scratch around and you think there's something I'm missing still, and uh, the Lord gave it to me through the week, so praise God, I want to share it with you, uh, and that was Notice it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we looked at that last time when I was talking to you about if it doesn't have substance, it's not faith. You know, this is a key thing because we thought that we were in faith when we were actually in hope. Hope sees what you want, what you desire, what you believe in God for, or what God tells you you should have. Okay? Whatever the case is, hope sees it. But the, 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 the thing about faith is that it is actually, I was, you know, I said before that it gives substance, but it is substance. It doesn't just give substance. Faith is substance. I want you to notice, it didn't say now, faith gives substance to the things hoped for. Do you see that it doesn't say that? Notice that it says that faith 
is the substance of the things hoped for. So I want you to understand that faith becomes substance. Faith literally is substance in the spirit. And then you, you begin to understand what the second half of the verse means. And I want to put a word in there that will help you. It says it is the evidence of things not seen. You know, when there is something physical, okay, this is evidence. You know, whenever they, I, was, I started to share this with you last time and, and didn't quite get a hold of it. You know, when, when, they bring, when they present evidence in court, they don't say, well, now you have to believe. <laughs> okay? Forget about believing. We want to see evidence. So they bring something physical. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And they say, based on this physical thing, we can now say blah, blah, blah. And everybody will go, well, we can see it, so we can believe it. Okay? All right? I want you to see something here. It, because it says faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, and then it says the evidence. Can I just switch realms for a second? Okay, because we're so used to being in this realm. I want to switch realms because remember it says in verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God uh, so that the things which are seen were not made of things that are visible. Notice it says things that, he says the things that we see weren't made of things that were visible. So there were things that were invisible. Second Corinthians, well we looked at the things that are seen but at the things that are not seen because the things that are seen are Temporary, the things that are not seen are eternal, but there are things that you can't see. Are you all with me? That have substance. So I am going to put a word in front here to help you with something just to get that idea. Okay, just so you can grasp what I'm trying to get across to you. You see, since faith is substance, I, I did this last time. You know, I said if I'm believing for a Bible, okay, the way I know I have faith is if there's a Bible in there on the inside. You can't see it? Well, now you can, but you can't see it yet, okay? Just, this is in the spirit realm. As far as you're concerned, you look at the pulpit and go, eh, no Bible there. Yeah, but I believe, I receive, and here it is. It's gone from hope dot, 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 to faith. There it is, okay? Now, can I just add this in the, in the spiritual realm? It is the physical evidence of things not seen. Did you get that? If you don't have physical evidence in the spirit, you don't have faith. You don't have victory. You haven't received your reward. Remember we talked about that before? Are you getting this now? You see, this is what we missed. We are, we are believing for things. We, you know, in our head, we're thinking we're believing for something when, in fact, we're hoping for it still. It hasn't manifested on the inside. Get this now. This is huge. It needs to manifest on the inside for it to be faith. Faith is the substance. Faith is the evidence. Once it manifests, it's something that you can, you can grab a hold of Regardless of what you see, on the inside it has become so real, it exists. It's not just real, but it actually exists in another realm now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Are you all with me? See, because we didn't understand this, we have been walking around in hope and just... <laughs> I don't even have the words. Uh, I, 
It is hope. Hoping the thing will manifest out here. Do, do you get that? We didn't realize that if it didn't manifest on the inside, it's never going to manifest on the outside. Then we kind of wonder how come our faith isn't working. Well, there's nothing there. <laughs> okay? You know, until, you know, for those that plant seeds, you know, until you plant a seed, don't expect anything to grow. You have to plant a seed. Amen? Once you plant a seed, and remember what Jesus said. See, now it starts making sense. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, do you know that thing he was talking about, you having something physical in the spirit realm on the inside, as tiny as that, will start doing things. But you need to have something there. Not just hope, but literally faith. That's why when he talks about in Romans, I think it's in uh, Romans chapter 12 somewhere, maybe 1, 2, or 3, somewhere in there, where it says that if to each one of us has been given the measure of faith. We have been, you know, when we got born again, when we got saved, we were given this. This is the victory that overcomes the world. The faith that we were given at the beginning by God to do it. See, that's why the Apostle John says, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Do you get that now? Because he says, the moment you were born again, it was put in you. Verse 3. Okay. So <laughs> okay. But, you know, it was put in there. So, you know, people come and say, well, I don't have any faith. It's there. You just didn't use it. You didn't work it. Now, there were a couple of things that I, I wanted to just quickly end with. Last time we looked at Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, I, I talked about, I said that it is a faith that no evil power in this world can overcome. Okay, I'm talking about, again, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, okay? And I, I've said it is a faith that no evil power in this world can overcome, and it is true whether you have faith in God or the faith of God. I, I brought your attention to Matthew 19, 26, which described faith in God when Jesus said, with, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And I also said, for the faith of God, there was Mark chapter 9, verse 23, when Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. I want to give you one more revelation about that, and that is this. You know, because I was praying over the week, and I was asking God, you know, when do I need faith in God? You know, please don't throw stones at me. I was asking a question here, okay? And when do I need the faith of God? And he kind of put it this way. I, I, I want to just say it the way he said it, because it got my attention. Then I will explain it to you. He said, you need faith, the faith of God when, once you develop that. You need the faith of God for your front side and faith in God for your backside. Okay? I got it. I, you know, when he talks like that, I get things. Because in the front side, the faith of God is for the things you know. The faith of God is, you know, therefore, if you know something needs to be changed and, you know, led by the Spirit, okay, you know what needs to be done. You can apply that faith and begin to change things. But what happens when you can't see? What happens when the devil sneaks up on you and you're not aware that he's there to do anything about? Do you get that? That's why I said we always need to be walking in both. You never graduate from one to the other. Because as if, if you ever do, and some people have done this, and this is now you're going to understand why some people that have great faith, the faith of God, seem to get attacked so much because they they've lost their faith in God. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. They forgot that they do need God on the backside to watch their backs. Amen. Amen. And you know, let me articulate now. <laughs> okay. 
There are things in your life that you don't know how to apply your faith to receive something because you don't know what, somebody comes and says, can you pray for the perfect job for me? Who knows what that is? Do you know? I don't know. They might think they know, but it may not be that either. <laughs> okay? That's where you need faith in God. Are you getting this? That's when you pray and you say, God, whatever it is out there, I'm, I'm believing that you will look after this, that you will find the perfect job for them, that you will lead them to it, you will lead it to them, whatever it takes, that the two of them will come together and they'll be happy ever after. <laughs> okay? Whatever. All right? But the thing is, that's faith in God. Now, if I need to do something, if I need to believe for healing or whatever, if I've got the faith of God, I can apply that. I can come against viruses and all of that stuff and, and command them to die and fall off my body in Jesus' name. Are you with me? See, I'm using the faith of God. Now, of course, if something gets on me that I don't know what it is, I need faith in God again. Because I go, oh, I don't know what that rash is. It looks weird. <laughs> no. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm playing with you a bit. Okay, but the thing is, anything that you know, what needs to be done, you can do it. You can apply the faith. As you develop the faith of God, you can use it, get rid of it. And like I said, as led by the Spirit, you, you know, the Lord will let you know those things. And he wants us to do some things. You know, I believe that you're just like Jesus. You know, when the disciples, when they were crossing over and, you know, the, the, it, there was a storm and Jesus was expecting the disciples to do something about that. It was like, come on, guys, you know what needs to be done. It was something you should have done. That's why he said, why are you fearful? Why are you seeing death? Where is your faith? Amen. And I told you before, you know, had they come to the Lord and said to him, you know, Lord, uh, we're not doing well out here. <laughs> okay, we're freaking out. Okay, could you, could you do your thing? We need you to do your thing right now. Where others are going to sink. I know you don't want us to sink. Instead of, don't you care that we're dying? See, that's a wrong way to approach somebody if you want something from them. Oh, you know, you don't care. Don't worry about it. We'll just die. Right. That really motivates them to help you. <laughs> okay? And that's, that was the difference. Do you understand? Had they had faith in God, they could at least say to Jesus, you know, maybe we should be doing something. We're not quite there, Lord. Could you help out? There's always mercy and grace. And he would have said, sure, not a problem. Sorry I was asleep. Here we go. Ta-da. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Okay? You need to get this. Okay. Now let's move on. I can move on now. Okay, moving on to verse 5. He goes to say, who is he who overcomes the world? Is that helped you guys, by the way? Okay, I, I pray that because these are things that we need to develop in our life. And we need to move on now. And, and we, we need to look at an aspect of this that a lot of people have missed in verse 5. Where he says, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who, and this is she as well, okay? He or she who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the, the, this is the key to overcoming. Your belief, now, and I'm going to show you why this is so important today, okay? Thomas F. Johnson says this. He says, the question with which the verse begins focuses on the person who conquers or defeats the world. That spiritually victorious individual is the one who presently and continuously, presently and continuously. Did you hear the word continuously? Well, I remember when I believed. Oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> okay? You, you can't remember when you believe. You've got to believe now. Presently and continuously. That's tomorrow, the day after, and so on and so forth. Okay? Believes that Jesus is 
the Son of God. You know, we look at that and we kind of go, yeah, yeah, we know. But no, no, no. We don't actually really know that. I want to give you some knowledge, some insight, some wisdom about this, okay? All right. This, this is the key. Because Jesus is the Son of God, He was able to rescue us. Let, go, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Let, let me just uh, walk you through this really quickly. All right? When it says, He who overcomes the world, or who is He who overcomes the world, but He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, this is only possible for believers in Christ. Can I get amen in that? Okay? All right. Who are now God's children. Do you realize you believe in Jesus Christ and you become God's children? Remember First uh, John 3 and verse 2. Now are we the sons and daughters of God. Okay? All right. And have been delivered out of this demonic world system. That is a key. If we were still in this demonic system, we won't be able to do this. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. I want to show you something there. The Apostle Paul says, Who has delivered us? This is God, okay? Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Who has God delivered us from the power of darkness? Do you see that darkness has a power? Do you understand when the Apostle John says, Who is he or who is she who has overcome the world? But he or she that believes. Who, who has overcome but those that believe that Jesus is the Son of God? The, the whole point is that in the, the moment you believe that Jesus was the Son of God, you were delivered, God delivered you out of the power of darkness. Do you know that people in this world are powerless against the power of darkness? Because, see, you need God to fight something in the Spirit. You can't fight something in the Spirit, family. As much as you try, your enemy isn't physical. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. If he was, you'd take him down. <laughs> okay? But we don't have access to that. And so he uses things against us that we can't see, we can't feel, and, you know, the human race is just not doing well in that area. That's why Jesus came to redeem us and to deliver us out of that power so that we could have power. Did you get this? Okay, so notice again, he says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and something else. He didn't just deliver us out of the power of darkness. He translated us somewhere into the, what, what does it say? The kingdom of his dear son. You know, I always think, why didn't he just say the kingdom of God? It's to really, you know, bother me. I was going to say bug me and bother me at the same time. No, didn't come out right. Okay, so <laughs> three, think about it. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, it really bothered me why it said the kingdom of his dear son. And then I realized that some people believe that they can get to God some other way. And he wants people to know that the way you get to God and the kingdom that you want to get to, which is God's kingdom, belongs to his son. If you, if you don't acknowledge the son, you're on getting in the kingdom. It's his kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son. People say, well, I want to get to God some other way. You won't. <laughs> it belongs to the son. Just like all judgment is going to be given to the son as well. Amen. That's when the Jews are going to have a real bad day. Okay. The ones that rejected him. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let's move on. And not only have we been delivered out of the grip of this world system. Again, this is going back to who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, okay? 
in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, not only did he deliver us out of the grip of this world system, okay, the power of darkness, but according to Ephesians 2, 6, the Apostle Paul also says that God himself has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He did so. What, not only were we delivered out of the kingdom of darkness, but we were raised, we were made to sit together. We didn't care whether you wanted or not. And I want you to know this, where, that we are seated in heavenly places. We're in Christ. Once again, it's back to him. Who is he? Do you get this? That overcomes the world. But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Because that's who you're seated in. It's his kingdom. It's his throne. <laughs> okay. That's why you are kings and priests. Amen. And with all this going for us. It is up to us family. We're not only delivered. But we're seated in a, a very prominent position. We are in a very powerful position. See, we should be fighting all our battles from that position, not from down here. Are you all with me? Amen. And, and we really need a revelation of that. We need a revelation that we are in Christ. We are in heaven. Right now. We don't have to die to get there. We're there. Did you get that? Like somebody said, you know, goes, oh, when I die, he goes, hey, if you aren't there now, you're never going. <laughs> okay? You need to be there already. Okay? I want you to, but, but I want you to understand, with all of this going for us, it is up to us now. And I've said here to make the decision to do as the Apostle Paul did in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 and say with him, or excuse me, say with him with purpose and resolve that we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? See, the whole world is walking by sight and they are forcing us to do the same thing. And we need to break away from that if we are going to overcome the world. If you keep your eyes on the world, it will overcome you. This, I'm giving you some wisdom now, okay? If you keep your eyes on the world, it will overcome you. Because whatever you look at gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So if your eyes are on the world, then it's going to get so big that you will never overcome it. It will overcome you because as far as you're concerned, it's like the children of Israel, you know, that were told to go take the promised land. And they went and saw giants there and they said we were as grasshoppers in our own sight. You know, grasshoppers don't get anywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, you can't see yourself that way. And that's what will happen. The world will become a giant and you'll feel like a grasshopper in it. Are you all with me? We need to understand that we're not, we need to change our focus. And we need to see ourselves in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, as the children of God that have all kinds of authority in this world. And that we need to understand that the realm that we now exist in, we have a dual existence, by the way. We exist down here and up there. And one of the places that we exist in is the place that actually created all of this. And that's where the place, that's what changes everything that we can see. And if we keep our eyes on that realm, then we'll begin to work in that realm. See, we really need to see substance in that realm. And we need to bring that substance and change this realm accordingly. Do you know when Jesus said, peace be still, he saw calm on the inside before he ever spoke the words on the outside. 
See, we think he kind of said it and thought, God, I hope it ceases. It wasn't what happened, <laughs> okay? That's what we do. He didn't. I want you to understand that in him, on the inside, he saw the wind cease and the whole, the, 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 the sea calm. I mean, it was super calm because that's how he's on the inside. Let me say this now. You can't calm a storm on the outside if you've got one going on on the inside. Doubt, belief, unbelief, strife, <laughs> whatever. You know, you've got a storm going on the inside. You, your faith won't work. That's why Jesus, you know, it's really interesting. That's why Jesus said, after Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24, he said, if you, you know, you need to forgive anybody over anything because you can't have that storm going on on the inside. Amen? Now do you understand why? Because this thing can only work when you're calm on the inside. When you're focused. Amen. You can be excited. That's different. <laughs> okay? All right. All right. But none of this, again, is, is possible unless you believe with all your heart, with all your heart, that Jesus is the Son of God. And why the Apostle John says again in 1 John 5, 5, Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? To explain why this is so significant, listen now. I, Howard Marshall, writes this. This is brilliant. The title, Son of God, is appropriate here because John is thinking of the power of God revealed in his son, Jesus. The power of God revealed in his son, Jesus. That's why he calls him the son of God. Okay? All right, this is a, this is a link to God's power. Okay. Only the person who recognizes that Jesus is the son of God can believe that Jesus supplies divine power to overcome the world. Did you get that? You need to believe in him in order to understand that he is the one that has that power. Whether you draw it out of him, faith of God, or whether you believe in him, faith in God, okay? One way or the other, Jairus, or the woman with the issue of blood, one way or the other, that's, that's where the power comes from. Amen? Okay. The Son of God is the Savior. But only because, listen, he shares the power of God, which is greater than that of the devil. Did you get this now? Do you understand why he said, who is he who overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus, notice, is the son of God, has his power. And if God can overcome the devil, so can his son. And so can his children who have his son. You getting this? Link it, link it, okay? To believe anything less about Jesus is to believe in somebody who does not have the ability to save us from the power of the godless world. Wow. Did you get all of that? See, we need to believe in Jesus, not just that he is Jesus, <laughs> okay, but that he is God's son. That he has God's power and he has brought God's power into our lives and it is there to use. But we need to develop it and it is developed by faith. You know, our faith is access to that power. And, uh, you know, I, I just think, God, <laughs> you know, we all kind of need a little help here just to get off the ground because everybody's failing kindergarten right now. I mean, kindergarten, you know, like the guy said, yep, 
kindergarten, the best five years of my life. <laughs> okay? That's all the education I got. Okay? <laughs> Listen, man, you know, well, I honestly don't believe, no, I'm not talking about you guys, okay? But the body of Christ as a whole hasn't got faith as a grain of mustard seed yet. That's why you start speaking certain things. You know, you guys have faith. You start speaking faith, and they kind of look at you and uh, wonder what weed she's smoking. Oh, drugs you're on. <laughs> and they see that, but you know why? Because they are trapped in this realm. Everything that they see, everything that they believe, is governed by what they can see. They walk by sight, not by faith. Christians, I'm talking. Hello. While you walk by faith, not by sight. So you're kind of weirdo to them. Because they, they say, open your eyes. Can't you see what's going on? Yeah, but you can't see what I can see. You only see what's in front of you. I can see what's inside. <laughs> you see the storm, I see the calm. You see something that is temporary. I see something that is eternal that can change what is temporary. Hallelujah. Okay. In fact, in Matthew 28, 18, I need to bring this to a close. Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Well, hallelujah, Jesus has the power. Okay, remember he's on the inside of you. Uh, there's another verse, okay? But understand that he's on the inside of you, and if all power is given to him, then it's in you as well. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, this applies to us now, okay? He says, behold, since he's got all this power, he says, behold, I give unto you. This is Luke 10, 19. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. Is there anything left out? You know, he could have said, over all the power of the enemy, except them really big ones. <laughs> you know, them principalities and powers in the air, you know, that take over whole cities. Well, boys, you know, you get one of those and you're done for. Pack your bags. We'll see you in heaven soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? It doesn't say that. We read into that, but it doesn't say that. You see... Do you know why the devil has been trying to sell us that? Because that's the fear he wants to instill on the inside of us. That he's got something so big and so powerful. Demons that nobody has seen yet. That's going to come on you and attack you. And you won't know what all to do with that thing. Dear God, you know, it's the size of a city. And here you are, a little dot. What is that? Go ahead, to, Okay. Uh, in the little dot, you all seen uh, Doctor Who, anybody? You know, the little TARDIS dude, you know, you walk in there and it's, it's, it keeps going and going. That's you. You might be tiny on the outside, but you're massive on the inside. How big? Well, you need to answer the question, how big is God? <laughs> Do you understand? Even though you're little compared to the demon, what's in you is massive. And the demon is the dot. But only while we believe. What we see on the inside, faith is, get it now? That substance in the spirit is massive. Somebody once said that, uh, he said, in the natural, I'm a little person. But he said, in the spirit, I'm a giant. Do you understand how he sees himself? He sees not this. You know, like Yoda. 
Don't think this is all I am, do you? <laughs> okay, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, listen, man. <laughs> they stole all that from us. Okay, anyway, just, just letting you know. Eh, there's no original stuff. That's all from us. Except we let them have it. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, listen, man. What you see in the mirror isn't all there is to you. There is no mirror that is big enough to, sh- you're not fat, okay? To show you how, <laughs> how big you are on the inside. There is nothing that can, go- you know, you can't. <laughs> I just wanted to profess that in case somebody jumped up and said, excuse me. All right, I, I know, I know how everybody thinks. Okay, but <laughs> okay. on the inside, you, you guys, you know you can grow well beyond your stature. You can become giants on the inside that when the devil sees you coming, he doesn't see you, he sees you. And he goes, whoo, this is the foot I'm going to get stepped, you know, <laughs> going to step on me. You know what I'm saying? You know, that giant foot that everybody is worried about. That's you. Amen. Until his enemies are made his footstools. Okay? All right. And he says, I give you the power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There's your promise. Anything comes your way that begins to hurt you, you you bring the scripture up and you say, no, nothing has the right to hurt me. I didn't say it couldn't. It doesn't have the right to. Amen. And all this goes back to what the Apostle Paul said about Jesus Christ. Remember, this is... Who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen, okay, one more thing and we're done. It all goes back to what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Visible and invisible, okay? Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now, I want you to understand, all things were created by him and for him. Therefore, when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you believe that all things were created by him and for him, and therefore, if they ever get out of line, you have the right and the power given by God, which is activated by faith. Did you hear me? To overcome the world... And why the Apostle John says, as we conclude, who is he or she who overcomes the world but he or she who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? Amen. We're done. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. When we come back, we'll look at witnesses from God and all sorts of other amazing things. But this concludes our our mini-series on world overcomers. I pray that you got something out of this. And I pray that you don't listen to it once. Pray that you go back over this and gain more and more insight, revelation, understanding. I want this to develop on the inside of you. I want this to become faith in you. Do you understand? I want it to become solid in you. Not something you hope for, but something that, that is real to you. That you develop through your life. And that you begin to see things happening in your life that are just miraculous. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I have other things I want to say, but I'm going to stop there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you. 
for this amazing mini-series. I thank you, Lord, for the wisdom, the revelation, and the insight that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that we, are, we will not be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Because it's in our doing that we are blessed. And I just thank you, Father. I just pray for each and every individual here right now. I thank you, Lord, that you help them.